So recently I got the opportunity to invest in real estate in Egypt, but it turned out just to be a pyramid scheme. Hey everybody, my name's AJ, and this is The Wealthy Idiot Show. Before we go any further, please make sure to destroy the like button for the YouTube algorithm, subscribe to the channel so you don't miss any good content. If you're new here, we're providing the best financial advice we can come up with, things that we've done to be successful, and hopefully we can transmit that data through radio waves, internet waves, to you guys so that you guys can be wealthy and successful, financially independent and free as well. This is the last installment of our interview series with Brady, the house hacker turned to real estate agent, turned to real estate investor, and now he's going to explain to us his process of real estate investing, his struggles and things he had to go through, his successes, and the reason why he continues today. Uh, Brady is a young man who has really bucked the system to be where he's at today, and he's incredibly successful. So getting the information from him has been invaluable, and we hope that you guys can glean some stuff from this that will help you out as well. The uh, My audio and video failed, so I apologize for the poor quality, but his quality is good, so you won't miss out on any good information. Let's get into it. All right, let's transition that to uh, real estate investing. Uh, you were house hacking. How did you transition from house hacking to deciding that you wanted to like buy an actual separate door? What did that look like? Yeah, so I actually didn't go into a property looking for an investment. So I mentioned the condo. I I bought a house with a with an ex, and we bought in this town, and it was kind of far from Jacksonville. We decided we wanted to be closer to Jacksonville, so we ended up renting it and. Um, found a tenant on a Facebook page. He moved in. Um, that's That was my first true rental property where I didn't live in the house. So that one taught me a lot of landlord lessons in itself. Okay. And then that was your first door besides the house hacking was the condo that you were renting out or the house you were renting out? Yeah. So I sold that condo I mentioned for a loss and then I bought that house. And then we actually wanted to be closer to our where we were working. So we went back to Jacksonville in the town and rented out the house. We were just renting the second time. I was becoming a renter myself, but I kept my property to rent it out to a family. Okay, gotcha. And then is that what kind of like got you into like sprung board your um you know, other investment properties now that you kind of saw how that process worked? I'll be honest, that turned me off to rental properties in the end. <laughs> I'll go into this guy, um, shows up at my door, gives me a sob story about why his credit's bad. And I'm, I'm, a, I'm only like 25, 26. I'm like, okay, you, you got the bills. You seem to have a good income. I didn't verify anything. I just said, okay, you seem like you're on the Facebook page. You got it. You're a good guy. This guy, <laughs> I ended up having, this is a subdivision. So there's an HOA. I had weeds about five feet tall in my backyard when I got it back a couple of years down the road. Every month was chasing down rent. I remember we had a hurricane hit and it took out my back fence. And he tells me like, yeah, the, the, the hurricane really sent me back because the fence. And I'm like, I'm paying for the fence. What, 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 what do you mean? <laughs> um, so it was just, I think it was a year and a half of just chasing, chasing. And I, I can keep going on that one. But uh, yeah, that one turned me off to rental properties at the time. All right. So then what got you spun back around to want to try again? Well, let's stick to this house. So when he ends up, I, I actually had to threaten to evict him and he called, he was ignoring me. He was ghosting me basically before ghosting was even a term. Mm. 
So he was ignoring me and I'm like, all right, man, you got an eviction on your door. Like I'm going through with this. I'm going to learn how to do an eviction because you got to learn eventually in life. Um, I didn't want to do it. Like that was the last thing I ever wanted to do. And he calls me the next day. He's like, hey, let's meet up. I'm going to be out. Like we'll make it work. So I meet him at the house and this house, it was a 20, it was like five years old. Good shape when I left it and the carpets were ripped. He opened beer bottles on my countertop. So I had scuff marks on the countertop. And I remember this. I'm walking the house with him, and he goes, and the deposit, I think rent was 1400 I only charged 700 deposit. Red flag number one. Mm-hmm. Um, so he looks at me. He's like, yeah, I, I don't plan on getting the deposit back. And I'm saying, oh, really? You don't? Okay, that's good. <laughs> like, all right. Um, there was like lettuce in the garage from a bag he left, and I had to get it all cleaned out. I ended up flipping this house because it was a it was destroyed. I had to get new floors. I ended up getting epoxy on my gr- countertops to make them kind of a granite look which actually turned out to be a good selling point. But I ended up fixing it up, renovating, getting that backyard cleaned up. Oh, he tried to add a koi pond in the backyard too. That's just part of the whole fun. Yeah, I know. Um, and I had no, I didn't, I didn't check on it either. So I'm just like, what was I doing? Uh, but this is all stuff like we were talking about earlier. You learn from failure. So I was like, this is, this is not how I should be doing this. But anyway, so I fixed it up. I ended up listing it and it, it sells for a decent profit in the end because the market was improving at this time. And I obviously did some upgrades with the house. So in the end, it, it worked out. It could have been a lot worse. Um, but I was like, I'm good on rentals for a while. Like that was not, I was, there would be sleepless nights because I don't know. I had a mortgage on this thing. I had a 15 year. So I had even more money coming out than I wanted to because I didn't plan on it being a rental. And it was stressful. The question was, uh, what got you into deciding to go ahead and uh, get back into uh, real estate investing? Yep. So once I sold that house, I ended up buying a condo in Jacksonville, single. And I lived in the condo with with a roommate or two doing the house hacking thing. And I moved out of that and I say, you know what? It's been a couple of years. Let me try. Let me try the tenant thing. So I knew of somebody looking for a place. So I got them on a lease and they took over and I moved out and moved into my new house. It was kind of a fixer upper. So I renovated that, took my roommates with me. So then I had one rental at that time. I had the house I was renovating. So that got me kind of back into landlord. And they've been, I mean, they're still into this. They're in the rental today and I'm, I'm pretty much friends with the guy. Um, Oh, he's been a great tenant and kind of got me back to, you know, I understand there's more good than bad. There's definitely the bad, like I previously mentioned, but real estate investing, I mean, I'm, we'll go on, but I'm still, I'm, I'm growing it. So there's good. That's good. I would say for people looking to start out, it's okay. Like, you know, um, you're not the only person that I've talked to and there's plenty of people on YouTube who talk about putting their first person into the property. That was a problem and overlooking things like credit scores and um, all that and history and everything, because they just feel like, um, like this person, you know, they seem good. They seem like they'll take care of it. You know, I want to give them a shot. It's okay. If you're first starting out to be extremely, extremely picky yeah, because you only have this one property. So I described this before um, that, you know, when you have like a restaurant, that one restaurant has to succeed, right? But if you have a chain of restaurants, they just have to succeed as an entire batch. Right. So let someone who has a bucket ton of real estate deal with people who have lower credit scores. If you Absolutely. only have one property and you're trying to make that one property succeed, yeah. you know, find the best person. It's okay taking the time to do that. 100%. Yeah. And I, I did the exact opposite. So I, I 100% agree. <laughs> with that. 
Okay. Well, I'm glad that uh, you got that worked out. It sounds like a good tenant is what switched you over to wanting to get back into real estate. Absolutely. So um, did once you kind of had that eye opener, uh, did you just start kind of saving and then buying properties? Was it just, did it just become a process for you? Yeah. So I was in the house and I still had the condo being rented. So on, I was showing these nice kind of communities in the area I really liked. So I, I decided to build a house, my, my personal house that I'm in now. Hmm. I built that and I actually sold the other one I lived in and renovated because I had really good money tied up into it. And I didn't see the rental cash flow I wanted to see out of that house. So I sold hmm. that knowing I would go in and be able to start investing heavier. So I get that house sold. I'm into my new build. And this is when COVID was kind of hitting. So I timed it really well on the market on both sides. Because as I was building, I sold towards the end. So I hit that appreciation on the sell. And my contract was locked in on my build. So it was a great decision to you know, build that house, sell my old one. That left me with some money to where I can start doing the real estate investing. Okay. So you you knew that you wanted to start doing this then. And you kind of figured out that this is you know, something you want to start uh, a pattern of. How did you go about trying to acquire these properties? Like, what were you doing? And like, where were you going? Those types of things. Yeah. So I was kind of looking for a deal because I had the money and I'm thinking like, what do I want to do with it? I want to find something with a little bit of equity because the market was hot. So my friend, one of my good friends, she was talking. She's like, my friends are looking to sell their place in Tallahassee, Florida to this investor who keeps sending a mail. And I'm thinking, why? Who are they? Let me talk to them. Like, what are they offering? And she goes, they just want this. They want to be done with it. They bought back before the crash. They just want to get mm. out of it and have their tax. They had some tax implications on it, which I don't, I don't understand what it was, but they wanted to go and they wanted to keep their tenants. So I said, you don't know what that investor is going to do. They're offering, I think it was like 115. I'm like, I'll go up a little bit. Like, let, let's meet up. So I go over there on, it was a 4th of July. I just met them. We went and had a beer and started talking and they're like, this is kind of what we want. They showed me an inspection report from a couple of years before. And I said, well, let's do this. We negotiated a little bit. And then I think by the next couple of days, I was under contract to buy it. And I got that at a very good deal. And they kind of knew it was a deal. They just wanted to off their plate. So it kind of was a favorable for both parties. Hmm. Um, and that's still one of my, in my portfolio today. And I've never been to Tallahassee. I've never been in that house. I've never <laughs> seen that house. I just bought it. So. You don't always, I'm thinking, I'm looking at the numbers, the numbers make sense. I'm going for it. And my friend had been in it, so I kind of had that trust there too. Okay. So do you have a manager for that one then? I do not. They introduced me to the tenants and I manage that myself. So they've been, they've been really great. Again, it comes down to that communication and being respectful to your tenants and, you know, understanding when they have an issue, it's their home. You got to get, you got to get on it and fix that. Um, that's part of the deal. All right. Sounds like you're a solid landlord then. Yeah. No, I try to be. Uh, so you mentioned a little bit ago that uh, you tried, you actually tried to flip at some point. Um, what did that look like? And did that go well? Are you still doing it? Yeah. So I, I did do, so when, after I renovated my house, I uh, pulled out some money and I did do a flip. Um, I got a great deal and I love the numbers going into it, but it was right during the pandemic beginning which in the end saved me because I'll get into that, but it was just with permitting. I had to go through the city. They were shut down. There's lots of headache. And I was trying to be as frugal as I can. Like I was trying to subcontract everything myself while working a nine to five while doing real estate. 
And luckily, I was making really good sales in real estate during that time because I was pretty much throwing every dollar I had into this. It could have ended very badly. Um, in the end, I ended up, I mean, I had multiple contractors having to come through, fix stuff. It turned out to be great in the end, and it was a, it was a gorgeous house. And I'm happy with it, but I definitely, luckily the market going up during COVID kind of, it took me a year. So if that tells you anything how the flip went, um, it was not a, it was not a flip. It was more of a buy and renovate for a year. And and that was pretty, pretty stressful. But in the end I sold it, I made a little bit. I, I feel like it was like five to 10 grand, honestly, it was so not, not worth it. If I could go back, <laughs> I would have bought it, put 20 grand into it and rented it. And it would have been a home run. But I went, I put way more into that. And it was just, it was a, that was a big lesson. And I don't think flipping, I'm not super handy. So I, if you can do the handiwork that, that saves you so much and you're there, I couldn't be there to track people. So I, I had no idea what was going on in my house. Um, just a lot of, a lot of tough lessons learned with that one. Yeah, that is tough. And, uh, starts costing you. Did you use some kind of like unconventional loan? Like a lot of flippers do where they try to get something that is like, you know, much more shorter time frame because they know no, that they're I, going to be selling the property. Yeah, I had a third party loan. At, I think it was like six percent, so it was kind of higher. Um, yeah. It was a higher rate, but luckily I was able to pay that as I was going, and then I was cash flowing the renovation myself, so I had some savings. But like mm-hmm. I said, my savings got down pretty quick, and if I wasn't making real estate sales, it would have been like, what am I going to do at this point? So. Fortunately, I had a good year of real estate, and that was it was a crazy pandemic for me personally because real estate was hot in this market. We were open in Florida, um, and it was just very, very challenging with a flip going on at the same time, and just trying to get to the city, get all the permitting signed off on, just stuff like that was not a, not the best experience. No, I bet. Yeah, dealing with all that sounds like a headache, and yep. then you have to deal with all the people, um, you know, living over here, moving over there hundred <laughs> percent. I'm sure it was a lot of the people from California to Florida area for sure. Right, right, yep. Uh, so you have a few more doors. Um, how did you go about acquiring those? Yeah. So actually both the, the do du- I have two other duplexes. So four doors total in the St. Mary's Georgia area. So this is just coming from savings. I was able to pull, I think I pulled a HELOC on one of my properties. So I had some down payment money to, to be able to use. So I had, Again, similar to the Tallahassee house, I'd never seen them. I've never drove by them. My my uh, my brother lives in that area, so I knew the area a little bit. So I had a trust there, um, but that put me up to six doors, and those four doors have property management. So I don't, which is it is nice. I will say you you get the service you pay for. Um, it's nice not having to worry about tenants, fixes, all that sort of thing. Gotcha. So you're just collecting the the money from those, and then you're yep. just having to deal with a couple houses and. And then you're getting the appreciation and the cash from from everything there. Yeah, and I got really good interest rates on both of those um, investment properties, too, as an investment loan. So I timed the rates well. Um, I know they've, they've been higher now, but I am fortunate where that helps my cash flow improve a lot. I assume that all you have is real estate and you put all your eggs in these baskets and you don't do anything else smart with your money. Does that sound about right? No. So I'm still hitting the, the 401k, the... I, my, my accountant introduced me to a SEP IRA, which I, okay. I can't, I'm not going to, you guys are way more versed than I am in the investing outside of the real estate stuff. I, I kind of am just putting money into accounts that I've researched and I'm letting it go. So I don't, I can't tell you the inner what's going on in them. I just know a high level <laughs> they're following the market. So 
Yeah, it's, it's about two things. One is investing, and the second is not paying taxes. That's all that really means is, you know, 401k, SEP IRA, it's just different ways to try and not pay taxes. 100%. And the introduction to the SEP has been, it's good. So it's it's both. So I have my employer 401k, and then the SEP is another investment for retirement. So I'm, I'm trying to hammer those as well. But I'm pretty, I try to be well-versed. I don't want all, like you said, eggs in one basket, no way. Well, I'm glad to hear that. So the um, biggest benefit to the, you know, index fund investing, whether that be through 401ks or SEP IRAs or whatever, is that, you know, it is fire and forget. You put your money there and you don't think about it. Right. Right. Exactly. Um, and that's nice because, you know, you don't want to have to mentally wrap your brain around everything that's going on. Uh, but if you do have the mental capacity to wrap your brain around something, you're going to get a way bigger gain in real estate. And it sounds like you've worked all those steps out to make that work. So you have both kind of categories going, the the real passive stuff that you don't have to think about. And then you got some active stuff where you're you're making good appreciation and good cash flow. Absolutely. Yep. And I didn't, honestly, if I can go back, again, we talk about those lessons. I would have started investing at my first full-time job when I was, you know, 20. Like I would have... Mm-hmm hammered that 401k a little bit higher, but I really didn't invest 401 or Roth or any of those things until I was probably 25. And even then it was more like doing my employer match. So they'd match four, I do five. Um, now the last few years I've gotten into maxing out everything I can, not only for retirement, but for the tax benefits. Well, yeah. Love those tax benefits. Do you have a specific goal that you're trying to get to? Is there like a number where you're like, all right, at 55 years old, I want to be at this number. And have you worked out kind of backwards from that number, what it will take for you to get there? Yeah, I mean, it is a little tougher for me because I am single. I don't know what my future totally looks like. But I would say I'm I'm not trying to work a nine to five forever. Um, anytime soon, I'm still in it. As long as I like doing what I'm doing, I'm going to keep doing it. But I do want that freedom. My, my motivation, obviously, I want I want the wealth. That's nice. But I want the time. Like I want to be able to go travel and I have to worry about being back at work on Monday. I don't want to be at Sunday night watching Sunday night football. And I have, you have the Monday, you have the Sunday scaries, they call them. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I just want Monday to be like Friday to be like Saturday and Sunday. That's, that's kind of the drive and that's the goal. Um, So I'm trying to do everything and I sacrifice. I mean, like I said, I don't buy the fancy stuff. I have a truck that's basic. It's not anything crazy. And that's allowed me to kind of invest harder and also just live more of a frugal life. I, I don't buy and I don't think I could have $10 million. I'm still going to buy. I don't know. I'm trying to think um, shoes that are $40. I don't I don't care. <laughs> they do the same thing as those $500 shoes. I, I, I said um, in an episode recently, too, that this might hurt some feelings, but most wealthy people have a pattern of not overspending for things even after they're wealthy. Right. And it sounds like that's what you're doing too. I do the same thing. I think I've owned this t-shirt now for maybe 10 years and I just oh. don't buy stuff. It's no, so I don't hard. buy. I don't buy. I mean, my clothes budget is insanely low. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I mean, I, I still look decent. I, I, I'm i sure uh, some people could critique it, but I don't care. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you look more put together than I do. So fair, that's fair. pretty good. Yeah. You already win points in that category. <laughs> is there a um, dollar amount that you know that you have to get to before you could get to that sort of um, financial independence? Dollar amount, not necessarily. I more look at my monthly expenses versus my cash flow coming in, and I mm. kind of have it broken down that way. So I would say dollar amount, I'm more, I'm not even, honestly, I, I track it, but I'm not driven by a dollar amount. I'm more driven by, 
I want enough money coming in to where I can relax. And I, like I said, I always do real estate. So you just, I don't know how many houses I'm going to sell. So that's always the unknown of that. But I want to make sure I can have passive income covering my bills to make sure when I do leave, I have that I'm, I'm still getting money, you know? I still can afford my lifestyle. Are, are you there now, or do you know how much time it's going to take you to kind of get to that point? I'm pretty close. I uh, It depends how much I cut back. If I cut back really good, I could probably get there and be there. But I'm always thinking, like, you know, I still enjoy what I'm doing, so I'm going to keep going at it until I don't. Because if you don't enjoy what you're doing, rethink it, because you, you only get one life. I mean, you got to you got to enjoy what you're doing to a point. I understand you, you go to work to make money. Everyone does. But I've, especially in the last few years, have realized, do what you enjoy. All right. Is there anything else that you want to throw out to the audience before we sign off? Um, love what you guys are doing here with the Wealthy Idiots. I think your content is 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 amazing. Um, I've even, and I consider myself pretty pretty knowledgeable, but I've learned a lot just by following the blog and, and research and, and your social media content's great. So I appreciate you having me on. Ah, thanks, Brady. Super appreciate that. All right. Well, thanks for coming on. I greatly appreciate it. I mean, I kept you for like an hour, which is awesome. And I think we got some really good content here, a lot of good material to hopefully spark some people. And um, yeah, I don't know. We'll get you on here maybe in a couple of years and we'll see if you're at that financial independence stage and if you still have your job or if you transition to, I don't know, real estate full time. I guess we'll yep, find out. Yep. Let's do it. All right, cool. Thank you, sir. All right, man. Take care. And that concludes the series for our interview with Brady. And I uh, really got to thank him for coming on. He was absolutely amazing. Hopefully we'll have him on again soon. If you have any questions or comments for him, just toss them down below. We'll make sure he gets them. And if the questions are enough or good enough or people are really interested, we'll get him back on and hopefully ask him some more stuff. So before you take off, make sure to head to wealthidiots.com, like and subscribe, and we'll see you guys next time.